Welcome to the show, and don't forget to check out this month's Nebula exclusive, Giant Space Monsters, as we explore everything from Space Kraken to Giant Sandworms. To get access and help support the show while hearing every episode early and ad-free, plus hours of bonus content, check out go.nebula.tv slash IsaacArthur and use my code IsaacArthur. On Friday, February 28th of 2020, visionary physicist and mathematician Freeman Dyson passed away at the age of 96. For regular viewers of our show, it will come as no surprise that Dyson was one of the greatest, if not the greatest, inspiration for SFIA, so it seemed right and proper that we celebrate the man and his work. While he is best known, especially here, for the megastructure and stellar engine bearing his name, the Dyson Sphere or Dyson Swarm, a way of potentially allowing our solar system to support a billion times its current population and comfort, his work both on theory and practical applications is almost impossible to fully catalog. However, for the Dyson Sphere alone, he will surely be remembered long ahead in time. There is more to a man than his work. But I wanted to discuss that work today as we honor him, and there is a very great deal of it, some of which we've looked at more in other episodes and we'll mention those as we go if you want to learn more about those ideas and see why so many of us view him as a legend. Dyson was born in England in 1923 on December 15th, his parents a composer and a social worker. He won a scholarship to Trinity College Cambridge at age 15, where he studied mathematics, Then he worked in the Royal Air Force Operational Resource Section during World War II, improving bombing techniques, before moving to the United States in 1947. In the US he made the acquaintance of Richard Feynman. Feynman and he, amongst others, worked on quantum electrodynamics, a burgeoning field. Feynman, a legend in the field, developed the Feynman diagram so vital to understanding quantum electrodynamics. During this time we get the first achievement named after him, the Dyson Series, which allows one to sum those Feynman diagrams together. This all owned him the admiration of Oppenheimer, the father of the atomic bomb, who got him a lifetime appointment to the Institute of Advanced Study in Princeton, for in Oppenheimer's words, proving me wrong. Even though Dyson had not yet earned a PhD, and he never did get one, his highest award being a bachelor's degree, He is usually considered to have been unfortunately left out of a 1965 Nobel Prize awarded to Feynman, Swinger, and Tamanaga for that work on quantum electrodynamics due to the Nobel's rule of limiting recipients to no more than three per award, but he never expressed any regret about that and indeed wrote up an article in Science in 1965 heaping praise on the trio, which they certainly deserved. Already distinguished in the 1950s, he would soon go on to work on various nuclear projects, including Project Orion, a nuclear-powered spacecraft that runs by detonating atomic bombs, and perhaps the first plausible design for an interstellar ship, and we looked at that in our episode, The Nuclear Option. A big fan and thinker for interstellar missions, he was also a leader in the efforts for Breakthrough Starshot, our effort to develop light-sail spacecraft. He also developed the concept of Dyson's eternal intelligence as a means for intelligent species to escape the heat death of the universe via computational methods, although we later learned of the accelerating expansion of the universe, meaning escape is not possible, his concept still holds value for extending the life of intelligence in the universe, and we discussed this in our Civilizations at the End of Time series. Indeed his 1979 paper, Time Without End, Physics and Biology in an Open Universe, was one of the strongest influences for that series of videos. 
Go out a bit further, you find that beyond the orbit of Neptune, way out, far from the sun, that's where the real estate really begins. You find millions or trillions or billions of objects which in what we call the Kuiper Belt or the Oort Cloud, these are clouds of small objects which appear as comets when they fall close to the sun. Mostly they just live out there in the cold of the outer solar system. But they are biologically very interesting indeed because they consist primarily of ice. Dyson also originated the idea of a genetically engineered Dyson tree which could grow inside a comet, providing a breathable atmosphere within the comet or the tree itself. Essentially a method of growing a space habitat rather than constructing one, as we usually envision for megastructures and habitats. Using photosynthesis for energy and cometary material for nutrients, it would provide a self-sustaining habitat for humans and other critters. For more about this concept, see our episode on space whales and bioships. He was also involved in biotech and coined the term green technologies, referring to the use of biological methods and genetic engineering to use solar power to replace our use of fossil fuels. Interestingly, Dyson was rather skeptical of climatic models. While he did believe CO2 contributed to global warming, he felt the field was very complex and the science didn't yet fully understand the climate and favored biological remedies. In his book The Sun, the Genome, and the Internet, he described these technologies as freeing the world of intellectual and economic isolation. He also expanded on von Neumann's idea of self-replicating machines to explore space by adding biological and artificial intelligence components and coined the term astro-chicken for these cyborg critters. Eggs would be launched to explore distant planets and grow using local starlight and materials in order to perform their mission, possibly closer to what we envision von Neumann probes as today than what von Neumann himself had in mind in 1948. We will probably get around to doing an episode on that at some point as it is one of my favorites by him. He also contributed to game theory, particularly the well-known thought problem of the Prisoner's Dilemma, and I always found it a touch ironic that our Season 1, Episode 1 video on the Dyson Dilemma of the Fermi Paradox tends to get confused in web searches with his work on the topic. The Dyson Dilemma is the name I gave for a problem with the Fermi Paradox, of wondering where all the ancient civilizations in the universe are, for not why we don't see them, but why we see any stars in the night sky at all, as we'd expect old and vast interstellar civilizations to englobe every star they settled inside a Dyson Sphere, rendering them invisible to the human eye. So many concepts are named for him beyond just the Dyson Sphere and the Dyson Tree. In terms of math we have Dyson Numbers, also known as Parasitic Numbers, the Dyson Series, the Dyson Conjecture, Dyson's Transform, the Swinger-Dyson Equation, and the Thu-Siegel-Dyson-Roth Theorem. For everyone that is named for him, there are far more too. He also had a fair amount to say on philosophy and theology in regard to science, one of my favorites being his notion that philosophers tend to fall broadly into two camps, lumpers and splitters, those who tend to take the platonic notion of the universe being composed of ideas versus those who tend to split and divide the universe into atoms and other basic building blocks. He observed that this tended to apply to almost every field of study, this coming from a comment by Charles Darwin about hair splitters and lumpers in regard to animal classification. 
Some folks would divide categories into new ones over any minor hair-splitting difference, while others lumped anything even vaguely similar into one broad category. We see this a lot in astronomy too, in regards to classifying stars, planets, moons, and other celestial objects. Dyson contributed more concepts and theories in many fields over his long, productive life, and I would encourage our audience to further research his contributions during a life well lived. As the man himself, he continued his work until the day he died, and his daughter Maya Dyson says it was on a visit to his office at the Institute for Advanced Studies that he suffered the fall he died from a couple days later. Maya, a pastor and nurse in Maine and one of his six children, said of him, You could tell that the world was a beautiful place through his eyes, and somehow, understanding all the formulas and natural laws, and all the mysteries he had plumbed throughout the study of physics, that it only grew more and more beautiful the more he understood. This view is very clear whenever you hear him speak, and I'll include links to a number of his talks today in the video description so you can watch him and hear him discuss all these magnificent ideas. It doesn't make an awful lot of sense just to go to Mars and plant the flag and and strut around for a few months and then come home. If we do go to Mars we should go there with the purpose of actually settling there permanently, and it should be a real expansion of the human adventure, it should be an expansion of life as a whole, not just of human beings, so we should have larger aims in view than just planting the flag. While described by his peers as contrarian, unorthodox, shy, and humble, he was almost universally well-liked inside his field. In the many, many hours of interviews I've watched of the giants of 20th century physics talking about each other and the experience of working with each other, I have never heard anyone say a negative word about Dyson, only that he was kind, patient, humble, and very brilliant. And also very much the absent-minded professor type, always lost in his grand thoughts about the universe and the amazing things we could build in it. For my own work, as I said, he was one of my greatest inspirations, and I always regret never having gotten to meet the man, not just for his brilliance, but because of the deep optimism for the future, and his ability and willingness to peer very far ahead in time, not content to just contemplate those technologies of the near future. He will be missed, but he will be remembered, even into the distant future, by those living in the many worlds he was the architect of.